It's show 116 of the RIMPRO Report. Today, John Barwick of Rivermill Data Management in Columbus, Georgia, and the latest industry news. Uh, the show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. I just noticed on O'Neill's Facebook page and on their Twitter stream an announcement that they've just made available for download their latest version of RS SQL, which is officially compatible with IE10 and Windows 8. This again proves that O'Neill is committed to keeping their software compatible with the latest updates and changes created by Microsoft. If you are on the newest technology platform from Microsoft, you can be sure O'Neill will be too. And you can learn more about it and them at O'Neillsoft. Com. I'm really excited about the show today. Why don't we get started? Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me, and I must say I feel a little heavy today. So here's the deal. Last week, we celebrated Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Becky and I had relatives in for an extended weekend, and I decided that I would enjoy all the food and treats that were part of the Thanksgiving celebrations. I would fully enjoy it all and, and not really restrict myself. Here is the problem. The bathroom scale yesterday morning was not happy when I stepped on it. So officially, I'm in full-on, non-negotiable, get-back-in-shape mode, which I am discovering in middle age is infinitely harder to do than when I was in my 20s and in my 30s. Five days to put it all on, five months to take it all off. Something is not right about that math. So if you've got any tips, please send them my way. Oh, and uh, just an FYI, November just blew by. In case you've not been watching your calendar, December is just about here. And it's a short month ahead, and with Christmas season celebrations, you know, it just seems to, to slip away incredibly quickly. In the immortal words of the Steve Miller Band, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Hey, today I'm happy to have John Barwick on the show. John is the founder and president of Rivermill Data Management in Columbus, Georgia. John is someone I have known and watched for a number of years, and I have to say I've always been impressed by his entrepreneurial spirit and his willingness to do stuff. So today I'm going to talk to him about his story. But before I get John on the line, let's get caught up on the latest industry news. Bryce Bayer died this week. While that name might not resonate with you, if you're involved in scanning and imaging in any kind of way, he's the guy who's widely regarded as the father of digital imaging. Bryce was an Eastman Kodak scientist and the inventor of the Bayer filter, which is a mechanism for arranging the green, red, and blue color filters on a square grid of photosensors. It's in pretty much every imaging machine and pretty much every image sensor in single-chip digital cameras as well. And I thought it would be cool to honor him today. So uh, Bryce Bayer, congratulations on, on all the cool stuff you did and uh, what a great memory and a great legacy to leave us. 
If you haven't seen the news this last week from New York Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, seems that the confetti showered on parade watchers had interesting origins. It was the shredded documents from a local police department. The worst part is the documents were shredded horizontally and were still highly readable. This included social security numbers of police officers and snippets of interesting crime information. Not only was it shredded improperly, it wasn't even securely disposed of both important aspects of an information security program. Don't miss this opportunity to use this event to talk to your prospects and current clients about effective shredding and destruction practice. There are so many great marketing events to work with, you'd be crazy not to use this one. Hey, looks like Rhett and Marshall Stevens made the current cover of the new SDB magazine. Congratulations to both of them on a great article and uh, getting featured on the cover this month. And this is just a reminder that registration is now officially open for the 2013 NAID annual conference this year to be held in Nashville, Tennessee. If you want to learn more information about it, just head over to NAIDonline.org. That's all the news I have for this week. If you have anything to report, let me know so I can share it. I'm going to get John Barwick on the line, so hang tight while I do. John Barwick is the founder and president of River Mill, a data protection in Columbus, Georgia. I'm excited to welcome him to the show today. John, are you there? I am here, Tom. How are you? Good. It's good to have you on the RIM Pro Report. So let's go back to the start of River Mill. Uh, tell me about the start of the business. What got you into this business in the first place? Well, a friend of mine and I bought an old textile mill uh, in 1999. Yeah. That um, was not in operation anymore. It had about a million square feet. It had one tenant, and we figured we could turn it into warehousing space. And so we plotted along for a year or so, and then in the process of trying to figure out what we could do with the space, I remembered from a previous job I had when I was at Carmike Cinemas, we purchased a company in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I had talked to them about getting the records transferred down to Columbus, and they had to uh, call the company that stored them for them, and they wanted us to pay them money to pull their records and ship them down here. Hmm. And I thought, well, I've never heard of anything like that. So and it was, so, yeah, it was sort of a inconsequential process that you were involved in in a previous job that, that connected this dot for you. Exactly. Huh. So I started doing research on the web and found out, oh, that's a real business. <laughs> and then that was, um, it was just in time to go to the, Prism Conference in um, Bell Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first one I went to, and it was perfect timing, gave me time to get software and racking and everything else I needed, and off we went. So it really started out as a record storage operation built on the back of a building you owned or that you now own that you had to figure out how to, how to produce revenue for you. Exactly. So was the goal originally, though, to make it just a rental situation or lease this property out? Is, was that the intent? You, you were never really intent on building a record storage business. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a haphazard path that got you there. Well, it was a combination of both. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go into the record storage business, and my, and my partner in the real estate was interested in getting into the shredding business. 
And so we put them both under the River Mill data management umbrella, and I ran those, and he ran the real estate side of it. So we continued along that path, and it did create rental revenue for the real estate entity. And then about five years ago, we ended up buying each other out. Oh, okay. So you ended up taking River Mill, and he got the real estate business. Exactly. Okay. So fast forward today, and I know there's a lot of stuff in between that we can talk about, but fast forward to today. Give me a picture of what River Mill looks like today. Tell me about the full extent of the business that you're providing in Columbus, Georgia. Well, you know, we're pretty much full service records center. We provide document shredding. We provide hard copy storage. We do a little bit of imaging. I've got a data vault. We do hard drive destruction and micromedia destruction. A little bit of a lot. Yeah, a little bit of a lot. And uh, Columbus, what kind of size of town or city is that? Is that a, a million people? Is that a lot smaller? What? Give me a sense of your marketplace. Columbus is probably 250,000 people, but within about a 40-mile distance to the north is LaGrange, Georgia, which is probably seventy-five to 80,000, and then Auburn, Opelika, Alabama, which is 35 miles Northwest is probably another close to 100,000 people. Oh, so you, you've got a decent-sized marketplace, but it's within a within a, a greater radius than just your city. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, like I said, there seems to be a lot of story between when you started River Mill and where you are today. So you told us a little bit about getting into the record storage business. Tell me how that first got going. You, you went to a prison conference in Bell Harbor, and you figured this all out. But, I mean, you didn't have a client at that point, right? Didn't have a client, didn't have a clue, mainly. (laughs) (laughs) It's really intriguing to me uh, how you go from nothing to something. So you show up at Prism and you get some software and you figure out you got to put rack in. And then what do you do then? Tell me a little bit about how you made this thing start to move. Well, um, we both started contacting people that we knew, um, you know, other business associates that, you know, we knew had boxes. You know, I think the first one I picked up was an engineering firm, and then right after that was an accounting firm. And, you know, we learned you, you, you barcode them, you bring them in, you make sure that you know, what you bring in agrees with what's on the transmittal of the work order. Yeah. And you shove them, and you learn to track everything and not make mistakes. Right. It grew slowly. Yeah. So when did you add the shredding or data protection elements? When did those pieces start showing up? Or how did they show up maybe more appropriately? Well, the, the, the shred truck was already on order. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess it, probably in the summer of 2001. I, think I got first box client in July of 2001 in the shred truck. I think we got it in October. Oh, okay. So those came really close together. They, they came very close together. You know, I learned very quickly that shredding was a much easier sell than box. Right. So, you know, we concentrated on growing that more so than the box company. But, you know, it's also a good cross-sell. So I picked up some of my bigger box customers. They were a shredding customer first. Right. Okay. So you're, you then, you're out selling shredding and you're starting to build box business on the back end. Vault is a completely different game to get into. So what was the decision to move into the vault business? One of the clients I picked up from my shredding business mentioned to me that they had a bunch of CDs stored with another national vendor. And that if, you know, I could give them a better price on it, they would move them down here. 
So we worked that out, and they actually, I stored them in my server room to begin with. We put a, a lock on the door and, you know, made it a little more secure than right. the other areas. Right. But they were happy with it. Yeah. So they ended up sending us more things, and then probably in 2004, I got with Hugh and, and put in a firelock vault. Wow. And that's no small investment. That's that's a big deal to put in a firelock vault. So you obviously had enough revenue growing in your vault to make that substantial step. Yes. Yes. Wow. So why did you choose the name River Mill? Was there some connection to River Mill? What is that? Well, my partner and I bought this textile mill. The name of that entity is River Mill LLC. Oh. And so, you know, it was a natural transition to River Mill Data Management. Got it. Okay, so it was connected to the building that you bought somehow. Yeah, to the site. It's a 38-acre site here that we sit on. Wow, wow. So you start building this business, and you've you've obviously done very well. You've got a, a full-range service business. So looking back over the years to build this business, what are some of the what you consider the critical aspects of getting it done right? And um, what, what were some of the things along the way that you feel were great decisions that helped you to build this business the way it is today? Well, you make a lot of wrong decisions along the way, too, and you learn from those. But you know, I think that, that one key is, and, and, you know, this is kind of a, a little trite, but, I mean, you keep your customers happy. Hmm. You treat them with respect. When they want something, you deliver. Right. If you tell them you, that you're going to be there on a Tuesday to shred their bins, you be there on a Tuesday to shred their bins. If you're going to deliver their boxes before 11 o'clock, you make sure you do it. You know, I like to have a, a warm body answer the phone. Hmm. I think people like that, you know, because they don't have to navigate through a, an automated phone system, and, and you don't get that that much in today's world anymore. Yeah. You know, and I've made sure my people are responsive. You know, when the client wants something, if they call in, they talk to my folks, they need to do what the client wants. You know, in 99% of the cases, the client is right. Mm. Yeah. And even a lot of times when the client is wrong, the client's still right. Because <laughs> right. it's just not worth... You know, when you look at the potential of losing that client, let's say that client's mad over a $40 shredding charge. Right. But, you know, they're going to pay you that much for the next five years if you keep them happy. Right. right. You eat the 40 bucks and smile and move on. So the connection to the, the personal touch and working with customers in a really connected kind of way has been obviously a significant part of what you do. I know that... Whenever I've called your business, somebody cheerfully answers the phone every time, which is really kind of cool. I, I love that part of it. What else have you done over the years that you feel has been a really significant part of building the business the way it has been built? I um, had a guy about 100 miles south of me call me. Call me out of the blue. He got my name from uh, Jim Kilch, my bin supplier. And um, this guy was having to move, and he wanted to sell his, his shredding business. It was a small business. It was kind of spread out in several cities in South Georgia, and I originally told him, "Now I'm really not interested. Then I thought about it, and, uh, well, you know, I'm probably not going to make a whole lot off of this, but it, it'll give me a route through mm. there, and I can build on that. And so I made a deal with the guy, and I bought his little route, and, you know, since then I've, I now have 12 overnight routes that we run throughout the month throughout the southern part of the state. That was the first one. Wow. 
So, you know, we've built on that, and it's, it's grown from that one route to two routes to four routes. And, uh, you know, it's just kept expanding. And we've gone from one truck to four trucks, and we're, we're teetering on the edge of adding another one. So explain that, because I've, I've never really heard anyone talk about overnight routes before. So what's that mean? So you leave your facility, and your driver is gone for a whole day, plus an overnight. So it's like two days, really. Exactly. Yeah, he, he leaves here. You know, he makes stops along the way for the first day, and then he stops when he's done for the night and gets up the next morning and makes stops on his way back. Wow. Wow. One of the things we know about the shredding business is it's all about density. So when you're doing overnight routes, your your density is all about knowing appropriately where to stop over hundreds of miles. That's That's a very different model than we're used to hearing about. Huh. I, I wish there was a software where you could just plug in all these different routes and frequencies and locations and have it spit it out and tell you that this is the optimum thing to do to service all these various accounts. Yeah. I haven't found that software yet. So it's kind of just grown organically. Yeah. And you know, we've you know, we continue to add, but at some point in time, you know, I'm gonna have to make some changes because some of the routes just get too big. They either go to a three-day route or the guy just works himself to death trying to finish it in two days. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very interesting. So this leads me back to something that I wanted to ask you about. I, Knowing a little bit about your history, you, you're a CPA, you've been a CFO, and you come from that financial background. How has that affected how you run this business? How, how has that changed the way you look at things? Because it seems to me coming from that perspective – you know, sending somebody out on a two-day route, you're going to process that through a financial grid that makes sense to you, do you not? Oh, absolutely. You build a model, you figure out how many miles you're going to have, you know, how many gallons of, uh, you know, what's the mileage on the truck, what's the maintenance on the truck for those miles, what's the labor, and you factor all that in, and you figure out how many, you know, how many stops you've got and what the revenues are going to be out of those, and then you figure out what the return is. Yeah. So... And it's just a matter of building a model. From your CFO perspective, looking at it, I realize this is your company and you're the president and CEO of it, but from a CEO perspective, are there numbers that are critically important to you? Like what, what kind of numbers are you looking at on an ongoing basis? I look at, um, you know, how, how many stops we're getting out of a truck every month, you know, what kind of total poundage we're doing. I look at salaries, um, you know, fuel consumption, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, because to me, this business, as, as we watch it evolve, and I'm sure you watch this, uh, this business has gone through a whole lot of acquisition stuff, you know, numbers at the end of the day, not just for the shredding side of the operation, but for the bigger side of, you know, the entire records management operation, you know, we, we hear a lot about EBITDA in this business, um, are there other numbers as someone who is, is growing this from a, you know, from that background of, money management and, you know, the, the book side of the thing, are there other numbers that, that you really key in on as you grow this business that you're, you're really looking to manage and monitor, maybe not in the day-to-day reality of the business, but in the longer-term part of it? Yeah, well, I mean, you're always looking at the margins and, you know, what that number is, and, and you can always extrapolate, um, you know, based on, you know, multiples that are being paid for similar companies, you know, what your company is worth. Hmm. And, and I've been approached 
about selling, but I don't know what I'd do if I if I didn't have my company to come to. Yeah, well, besides fishing, besides fishing, <laughs> my sense is you'd do a lot of fishing. Yeah, I, I love to go fishing, and uh, you know I'm fortunate that I have a, a good team here. That if I want to take a few days off and go fishing, I can do it. And and I know the bus is still going to be in the road when I get back. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So you mentioned earlier making part of making good decisions means making some bad decisions along the way. Are there decisions you wish you could go back and particularly change or what have been some of those things over the course of the growth and development of your business that were particularly difficult or hard ones that that really slapped you and made you think differently or caused you enough headache that you had to figure out a better way through them. G- give me a sense of what some of the, the frustrating things have been for you in growing this business. Well, let's see. I got into um, probably two, three years after I got in business, I branched out into the um, home pack mobile mini storage business. Oh, right. And um, it was well, I got the I got the units very cheap from a guy that was getting out of the business, but um, I learned very quickly that you're dealing with individuals. You're not dealing with businesses. You know they're a lot more demanding, and and also I learned very quickly that to make any significant money out of that, that you had to spend a whole lot more money in infrastructure, hmm. in your your units and your transportation system, and this, that, and the other. And so I got out of that. It Hmm. just was not worth it. To me, that's an example of, you know, you take your eye off your main business and and start doing something else. You have to be real careful because you can spend a disproportionate amount of time on this other business that's really not doing much. Yeah. It takes away from your main business. So that's that's one thing. Um, You know, I think I've learned patience. It, it, It was very hard for me in the beginning in the records business, you've got a long sales cycle. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't just go talk to them that morning and pick their boxes up that afternoon. <laughs> Wouldn't that um, be nice? It would just be such a nice <laughs> nice way to make that happen. Yeah. I, I know one, one lady I talked to uh, about her x-rays, and, you know, I, I talked to her a little bit, and then I got a call from her about four years later, and <laughs> she wanted to talk then. Yeah. And so we finally, you know, got their, got their business. But, um, you know, that's, that's, I have seen that quite a few times in, in the records business. Oh, it's, it's such a, it's such a frustrating part of it. I know. And it's something that I talk about a lot, which is customers buy when they're ready to buy, not when we're ready to sell. And it's, exactly. it's one of those inevitable things, especially in the records business, but it's, I, I think shows up less maybe in shredding and records and scanning and data protection. Those areas to me are those when they're ready, when they finally make that decision, you still need to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's such a big part of that side of our business, which is which leading you back to being patient was was the point you were making. Yes. Yeah. So your sons, I know, are a big part of the business. Tell me, tell me what it's like to include them and bring them into the business and grow them into your business. That that is obviously something that that you built, and we all know family businesses can be good as well as difficult. But give me a sense of of how you are managing. Uh, the family business part of what you're doing now. Well, I mean, it's a it, it's a pleasure to be able to to have them both here, and um, you know, be able to count on them to help run and grow the business. You know, I've I've come to rely on them quite a bit. 
to keep things going when when I'm not here and and to take some things off of me so I can focus on other things. Yeah. So you know I've got one that's doing more operations stuff and then another one that's doing the, uh, selling and uh, social media. Right. He is um he he knows a whole lot more about social media than I know or ever want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and and he does a good job at it. Yeah. Well, Drew is a uh, is a significant presence, and if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or anywhere in this industry, he's he's showing up in a in a pretty yes, big way. Is. So that's kind of cool. oh yeah yeah. Well, I think I think you, you were the one that told him that um, you gotta you gotta have people talking about you, and you gotta have an online presence in order to help lead to your website. Yeah. Well, he's he's really made stuff happen, and that's very cool. So. The future continues to unfold in front of us. And as entrepreneurs, I know you, you mentioned earlier, it's easy to kind of go off wildly in a new direction. Where do you see the future going? What kind of things excite you? And maybe what other, what other things are you getting into that are exciting to you going forward? Well, I am um, starting a medical waste disposal business. Hmm. I've got my truck. I've got everything I need to provide services but I don't have the first client yet. You know, we just started making sales calls uh, this week, and um, you know, I hope to have some some clients in the bag either late this week or early next week. You know, a lot depends on when their existing contracts expire, as to when we can get the business. But I, th- I think there's an opportunity out there. Yeah. Um, it's a route business, very similar to what we're doing here. It's a service business. Yeah. You know, I, I think it'll fit well with what we're doing, and I, it's not something that the, the customer has to decide whether they want or not. It's a service that a medical practice has to have hmm. by law. You know, it's just a matter of you know them picking the the person that that they think can do the job the the best and the most efficiently. Well, it's it's interesting to me because despite the fact that you just said there's a lot of similarities between the shredding business and the medical waste business. These are not the kind of things that I've, I mean, I, I've been at many of the NAID conferences in the last number of years, and this is sort of a new thing. You're, you're, it sounds to me like you're beating a bit of a new path here. Well, yeah, it is. Um, this popped up on my radar screen five, six years ago, and, you know, I kind of looked at it briefly and then was distracted by other things. And then I happened to see an article in the secure destruction business a couple of months ago, and hmm. That got me fired up again. Yeah. And so, you know, I talked to the two companies that were mentioned in there and, you know, learned what I could from them. And, you know, uh, we're off and running. Wow. That's very cool. That part and that willingness to kind of explore. But I, I'm, I was just thinking back in terms of what you said earlier, the mobile mo, mini mobile. Mobile mini pack, storage. Yeah, that that whole thing didn't fit a model. It seemed outside of what works for you, and yet the medical waste disposal business lives within the model that you want, which is business clients, uh, compliance-related stuff. Uh, It seems to me that it it lines up really nicely with the shred business. Well, yeah, I think it does also, and um, not only that, you know, we've got a lot of medical clients, and, you know, that's, those are going to be our first calls or to our own clients. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Well, it's, it's very interesting to kind of hear your story. I, I wish we could talk longer. We've, we're already into 25 minutes, but uh, it's something that I love to ask everybody I talk to. 
And it's if you go back to uh, when you started the business in 2001 and when you jumped into this, with all you know today, if you could go back and advise yourself back in 2001, what advice would you give yourself about how to build this business, how to grow it better, knowing all you know today? What a question. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think I go back to patience because I, I know that, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to rush people. And, um, you know, I've run potential clients off because of that. Hmm. Sometimes you, you get a little greedy on a proposal, you overprice it, and, um, you know, you run them off because of that. But I think you're always going to make mistakes. I think that's that's part of any business. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how you learn. I, I think if I had had more patience in the beginning, I would have been better off. Hmm. So when you're not actively running river mill do you have anything else besides fishing because i i know that came up already what else do you do that that sort of keeps you happy that keeps you sane or keeps you focused what what's your life look like outside of river mill oh let's see um i'm involved with the boy scouts um you know i, I like to go backpacking oh okay um, I, I like to take them backpacking um i like uh, nature photography i try to stay I competed in my first triathlon. No way. Um, yeah, at age 63 this uh, on Labor Day weekend. Seriously? Um, You're 63? It, I am 63. Oh, wow. So, and, and my goal my goal was to finish the thing and not be last. So, and I and I accomplished that. Way to go, John. That is so cool. <laughs> I'm I'm I I am incredibly impressed. Uh way to go. That's that's so cool to hear. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for telling us a little bit about your 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 path and your story and sharing some of the, the cool stuff you're doing and what you've learned along the way. I really appreciate it. And, and thanks again for being part of the Rim Pro Report today. Well, thank you. It's, a, it's an honor to be on your, um, your report. I think you are an icon and a, a, a definite force within our industry, a positive force within our industry. Thanks for all you do. Oh, thank you. Good talking to you. We'll talk to you. Thank you, Tom. Take care. Now, that was good, wasn't it? I really love the entrepreneurial spirit that John displays. The new medical waste destruction business that he's jumping into sounds incredibly interesting, and I'll be watching to see how that all unfolds. I'm sure that it'd be interesting to many of you as well. Special thanks to you today for also joining us on the show. And I, I just want to give a shout out to our good friends at O'Neill Software who sponsor the show. O'Neill is committed to creating great software for your RIM service business. But more than that, they keep pushing the envelope in the development of their products, both for what is required today, but even more importantly, what will be happening in the industry tomorrow. While it might seem like it's not that important to you what they're doing in the R&D department, we know that two, three, five years from now you'll be glad they kept doing the work they're doing today and you can learn more about them and their software at o'neillsoft.com that's it for today we'll be back next week with another great interview for you that's it for today we'll be back next week with another great interview for you have a great week and an amazing start to december we are out of here Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, 
please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.